Good morning all around the world and welcome to another episode of Hockey the Podcast, Talking Tokyo ZA. The South African woman were in action very early this morning. If you uh, hit the snooze button, you may have missed it. And if you did miss it, you missed what was arguably one of the great goalkeeping performances that you will see from Pumalela Mbanda making 18 saves on her 50th test cap for South Africa. Um, of course, it was defeat, 5-0 uh, defeat to the Netherlands. But uh, yeah, Pumi undoubtedly stole the show. And stealing the show today, joined by an all-star cast. Uh, you know them already on Hockey the Podcast. So none of them need introductions. But uh, of course, we will introduce our Olympians, all three of them, Tonello Polo, or we'll just call her coach, Justin Redross and Marsha Cox captain at both 2008 and 2012. Good morning. It is still morning, even though I've been awake for about seven hours now. Um, Polo, I know you need to jump onto an FIH call as well. So we'll start with you. What did you make of the game this morning? Well, we knew that um, Pumi would have to make a couple of saves today. Um, and she did just that. You know, we, we can always know that we can rely on her. To, to do her job and um, you know every time I talk to a few of my mates Marsha being one of them about goalkeepers doing what they they, they are doing right now we've seen Rassi also do the job and Marsha just says friend they're doing their job um, and you know and, and that's what we expect from Pumi and she was outstanding today. She ab absolutely was uh, there was a, a save that really stood out for me it was I think in the third chaka it, it, it all blurs at that time in the morning um, but it was a, a drag frick uh, from Malta, or Malta and, and it was going top right-hand corner and she stuck out the stick, uh, gave the little flick of the wrist. And not just did she save it, but she made sure it went to safety. Marsh, I know you're not a keeper, but uh, I mean, you're, you're a keeper according to Al, but uh, <laughs> gosh, that, that was terrible. So luckily, luckily uh, okay. nobody's paying for this. So um, <laughs> Yeah, obviously you're not a keeper, but moments like that as a defensive player at times would have made you so so stoked to know that you have a keeper pulling out saves like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think anybody stepping on the field, um, you know what your job is and you're trusting your teammates to do their job. And when you see us in action, especially at crucial moments that are going to determine how much harder you're going to need to claw your way back into a game, um, that gives you extra motivation and it gives you a little bit more freedom as well to where you can sort of take a breather and know that, you know, especially for sometimes the player who's caused the, the penalty corner, it sometimes gives you that sigh of relief that someone's got your back and we're all going to make mistakes sometime, but uh, we're all in this together. And when I'm a bit weaker, someone else is going to be stronger. And that's what Pumi did uh, undoubtedly uh, on numerous occasions today. 50 caps for Pumi today. Um, Obviously, she's been in the news because of the fact that she was the flag bearer. Uh, you know, she she is a, a newsmaker. But, uh, yeah, Justin, I mean, do the milestones, when you are getting a milestone, do you feel that little extra jump in your step before you go onto the pitch? And, and would that have played a part in her, her performance today? Uh, yeah, I, I think the milestone is always... Uh 
yeah, uh, it, it gives you a bit of extra energy, I think. Uh, it did for me, certainly. Um, I remember, yeah, on debut, 50th cap, um, you know, those moments were moments where you get excited and you want to go out there and kind of, uh, you know, put in the performance that's, that's you know, reinforces the fact that you've got to 50 caps representing your country. Um, so I'm sure that would have been uh, in the back of Pumi's mind today going into the game. And yeah, um, I, I think I think that came out in her performance. In 18 saves against the best team in the world, yeah, we knew she was going to be busy. Um, but I think especially, you know, keeping the Dutch to 1-0 uh, at the end of the first half is a, is a fantastic performance. You know, they, they, they ran out a little bit in the second half, but again, uh, playing against the best team in the world and the highest scoring team in the world and arguably one of the best teams we were going to see for a long time in, in, in women's world hockey, um, you know, I, I don't think it's a terrible result. Um, you know, I, I would have loved to have seen us get on the score sheet. Uh, I think I think we all love watching, you know, the guys playing at the moment in terms of them getting on the score sheet regularly and it keeps, keeps the energy up and it keeps the belief in the game. Um, but with that said, I think, yeah, uh, all in all, uh, a very, very decent performance against one of the best teams uh, we're likely to see in, in women's hockey. They, they definitely are. Uh, Polo, you, you in your career would have played against teams who were strongly favoured against you. I mean, does that bring out the best in players, knowing that it's almost a, a no-lose, um, so to speak, because uh, everybody favours your opposition to go in and steamroll you? Uh, does that bring out something or... Yeah, you know, I'm trying to understand if in a situation like that, as uh, elite players, because I never reached the level that, that you guys did, but what is the mental psyche? I mean, there was nobody in the world giving South Africa a chance of an upset today. You know, the, the question legitimately was, can South Africa keep it down? Um, you know, how does that impact on the players who are actually going onto the pitch? Well, mentally, for, for the defenders, they, they know how much work they're going to have to do in the 60 minutes. Um, I think I can, I'd can. i still love to see more of our attacking midfielders and our strikers in the women's side just playing without you know fear of losing the ball. Um, I'd like to see them going and having a go at it um, a little bit more. We've got two games to go, and I still believe we have the energy in, in, in those players, you know, Justin spoke about, you know, the milestones. In that game, you want to get, you know, um, something out of it. And I still feel we can see a lot more from our attacking play. And, and with, with, you know, being us uh, 3-0, and um, I, I think we, we can just go for it. Um, there is definitely nothing to lose. If you look at the stats that are stacked against us and playing against teams that are ranked so much higher than us, I think the next game we must just, you know, just have a full go at them. Well, and, and Polo, because I know you have to run, I'll just stick with you for this one. <clears throat> the one thing that isn't uh, isn't happening at this Olympics that may have happened at uh, former ones is uh, the ranking matches. Now, those aren't happening, but uh, obviously every game counts for, for ranking points still. Yep. No, but uh, I mean, like I said, the, there's, there's really nothing to lose when we're playing teams that we should not be um, winning against or we shall not be really competing and we are doing that. Um, I think the belief in the girls is that if we get the ball over the halfway line, let's have a go with them. Um, and I'd like to see a little bit uh, more aerials from, from the midfield, um, you know, giving us that um, first time ball going forward and we allow our strikers then to, to show their flair up front. And we haven't seen too much of that. 
Um, we really just using the aerial to get out of trouble. And I think we can use that a lot more as an attacking option. And we have the players that can do that. We've seen War Raven throw the ball. We've seen Atietlas throw the ball. So I'd love to see a little bit more of that. Throw the ball behind the defenders. Give us that 1v1. Because that's what our strikers are good at. Uh, and, and right now we haven't seen enough of that to, to challenge the teams. Um, is in you know connected play going forward? Yeah, we're good. But the, the shorter the passes, the more the defense gets to get organized. So if we can just start throwing higher balls, you know, um, they're attacking um, through balls going forward. We've got the speed, we've got the energy, we've got the youth. And, and I'd love to see us giving those players a chance up front. What do you think is stopping them from doing it? Marshy, I don't know, but is, is it, are, you, are you being given the freedom to, to just go and do? Um, you know, and, and you know how when we played, we, when we tried to keep the score down, we will, we will, we will always concede, you know? Yeah. And, you know, um, Siegfried said um, th- their first game, Japan's first game, if you, if you are scared to lose, you will lose. Yeah. Right, and we should we should play to win, and that's the only way that you are putting uh, keeping the higher ranked teams honest. Uh, and yeah, let's just you know, like I keep saying, go for it, go forward, um, and go forward with speed, and go forward with is it a one v two? I back us, you know, and we we're not really allowing ourselves to do that. Um, and I know in the next games, um, I'm hoping to see you know someone like a, a Christian Payton throwing the ball behind the, behind the first line and, and actually just going for it. Uh, and, and right now we're playing very safe and we can't afford to play safe anymore. <laughs> we, can't, we, we really can't. You know, these teams, you can see their energy going forward and we need to challenge them by doing the same. It's, can, it's a great... I, yeah, go for it, Marsh. Throw a spinner in the works a little bit. <laughs> that's, that's um, but I'd also like to hear, Justin, your thoughts on this, like uh, for both Justin and Paulo. Do you not also think that um, to a certain degree at this stage in the tournament, we also need to be a little bit um, courageous, but at the same time, a little uh, realistic of what we're wanting to get out of the Olympics at the end of it? We've got one year to the World Cup and exactly what you're saying with like... Um, daring to go forward and playing with conviction but like more in the sense I'm thinking more in the sense of um, we've got one year to the World Cup we are in game three we know where we're sitting in the pool Um, what can we get out of this Olympic Games that's going to catapult us into a good um, preparation for the World Cup next year you know that's like something that's just going through my mind and I just like to know your thoughts on it both you, Paulo, and Justin. I don't uh, know, Paulo, you maybe I, you I, go I, first because you're going. Paulo's got uh, a, a time cap, so I'll let you yeah. take it to take the reins. Um, yeah. So, um, Marsh, I, I feel I feel like, yes, we, we want to use this to prep for something else. But again, you think about do, what can we get out of these Olympic Games? And that's the question, right? Um, are we building um, on, for the future or are we playing every game as every game? Um, and, and I think you're absolutely right. We should be using this as, as a preparation. I think seeing the youth that we have in the side is also a testament to, to that, firstly. Um, and these young players, we had three debutants uh, in, the, in our first game, right? So for them, the, the World Cup won't be a smash in the face anymore. You know, they would have said, I've been there, I've done it. Um, and that's, that's a good start. Um, but I still, as a player, you know, you, you go to every game trying to get something out of 
this game every quarter you try to get something out of this quarter and with the nature of our sport being so fast now with the four quarters um it's impossible to win every single one right every quarter and like again today we competed very well for two quarters um and i think from that we need to be looking at can we just not compete uh, and and actually start challenging um the score the score line and like justin said it would be great to have put one or two behind them then again we're keeping them honest we're keeping them not going forward with you know with with conviction and flair because they're thinking she's like if, if we make a mistake here there's something you know that we can leak at the back and if we're not scoring consistently that that mind shift does not go through our position yeah. okay Ciao, Paula. thanks brother Paula's going to bounce um, go for it I'm, I'm going to jump in Marsh um I think yeah. a very, very good question. I think the difficult thing for me is, you know, I'm I'm naturally going to compare it to the way the men are playing at the moment, just having watched them and having yeah. watched with a lot of enjoyment. Um, and I don't want to necessarily compare them, but what I've seen yeah. very clearly with the men's side is that they've got a very clear style of play. Yeah. And they've stuck to that from the word go. Um, yes, they've lost their three games, but they've lost in a way that I think is putting them in the right position to you know, going to the Com Games and the World Cup next year, be in a very, very strong position. Um, because the players that are playing now are more than likely all going to be involved next year, bar one or two potentially. These guys are, are taking the opportunity to to really kind of nail down their style of play at the biggest tournament in the world against the best players in the world. And I'm yet to see that same structure in the style of play from the women. I, I can't pinpoint how they want to play right now. I feel it's very much one or two players that have to determine what's going to happen out of the back. And if the ball gets out of the first line, it's 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 almost a bit of wing it and let's see what we can do. Um, so for me, the next two games for the women are going to be vital in terms of, okay, what is our style of play going to be for the next year, especially building up to the next major tournaments that we're going to be playing? Can we nail that down now? Can we play with a bit of structure? And can we then based off that structure, give our players that are creative and te technically uh, gifted, give them the opportunity to have the freedom that that maybe, you know, uh, the male counterparts um, have been able to play with so far. Yeah. That That's that's how I see it. Um, again, it's 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 apples and pears. Yeah. Um, but it, 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 I would love to see, uh, you know, even comparing more apples and apples, I suppose, with the Irish woman versus the South African woman. Irish team, again, very, very structured. You know exactly how they're going to play. They're going to stick to that game plan for the 60 minutes. And they're going to, yeah, essentially, they, they're going to come out on top. And, you know, they're in a position where they could sneak into a quarterfinal with a, with a win of, of uh, India. India. Yeah. So, you know, that's something that I'd love to see from the women's side. And, and, and maybe, maybe there's the opportunity for the next two games is to, okay, let's iron out exactly how we want to play going forward um, and, yeah. and use, these, use the opportunity to, to kind of nail that down. Yeah, it's also quite interesting because you mentioned Ireland and then you also mentioned India. And one of my comments, uh, also being the hockey nerd, that I am waking up <laughs> early to watch the hockey <laughs> and uh, watching India, it, it's also quite clear that they have Dutch coaches. So when you watch very their clear. style of play, you can see yeah. a very similar pattern and style with the give and go and yeah. what they're trying to also do. Um, yeah. And at the same time, you see then the Indian flair come in as well, like the, yeah. the way they normally would play. So I found yeah. that also, I found it interesting that you um, that you mentioned that because I think, you know, I'm not a coach 
and I always say this, I always tell people that yeah. quite clearly, I am not a coach and I don't fancy myself as a coach. But I think that at this stage in the tournament, um, there's probably a lot going through everybody's minds, whether yeah. it's the staff or whether it's the players. And there's there's twofold. And I think at the end of it, if I put myself back into like my playing shoes, it doesn't re- really matter what which choice because there's so many choices you can make you can decide we're going to play this tournament and and only play this tournament or we're going to play this tournament as a building block for something else or we're going to take take it as a test where are we in the world there's so many different variations of what you can choose but as a player i think you always want to just know what that direction is yeah and and then yeah and and go out and and implement it and um i think that for the next two games, we ha- we should take on that nothing to lose mentality in whichever decision we make, and exactly what what you've said and what Paulo said, um, and just sort of shrug off the the first three games and just go into the next two yeah. games going with individual goals of testing yourself to see you know how much yeah. can I bring to the team, how much can I bring on this stage, and and then as a as a group whichever direction they choose that you like you said you would like yeah. to see um then it would be nice to see it with conviction because that's what south yeah. africans have we have fighting spirits so it would be nice to see that yeah. collective fighting spirits out there yeah I agreed i think i think you said obviously the fighting spirit and the conviction that's something that we have and we have in spades but that that isn't the game plan and that's something that i feel like in south africa we've often tried to rely on in the past is, you know, we yeah. can fight and we can run and we can go and we can, yeah, that's great. But if you're running like a headless chicken, it's not going to get you anywhere. And, no. and I think we've proven that for, for quite a, quite a while. <laughs> um, you know, so let's, let's, you know, let's use the opportunity and uh, yeah, I'm intrigued to see how the next two games go. Well, yeah. you know, you know, it was clear this morning was there was a game plan, um, but it was the kind of game plan that we may be uh, thriving where, the game plan is to limit damage rather than to compete. And, yeah. and I don't mean that in any disrespect because against Netherlands, that that's pretty much what you got to do. But it felt like our, play, our defensive side of our game was actually a lot stronger today um, with a bit of that game plan in. We didn't, we didn't legitimately look like scoring a goal. We had one shot to target, three circle penetrations versus 60 circle penetrations. And a penalty corner. And we had a penalty corner that we yeah. mistrapped. So we had one shot, one, well, three penalty corners, two outcomes, uh, three circle penetrations, two outcomes. We didn't make the penalty corner count. But uh, I felt defensively, although every now and again the clearance was just a, a, a manic kind of get the ball out the D, specifically in the first half, there was a bit of structure there. The problem was as soon as we tried to turn defense into attack, it almost was like we didn't know. It was give the ball to someone fast and, and see if they could do something, but everybody else stepped back. And while, while that worked to limit the damage, it was never it was never the plan that was going to work to bring us back into the game. Now, that being said, had we gone gung-ho, this could have been 14 or 15 mil. So, you know, yeah. I'm being... Sorry, and I think yeah. it's, it is a difficult you know like it's a difficult discussion to have in 
uh, into pitch depth because from what I know from the Dutch is that they've always banked on turning over the midfield. That is something that they work hard at. It's something that they do at club level and it's something that at national level, it's sort of like a given. We will always dispossess the midfield and how they do it, they train it tactically, technically. It's it's part of their DNA. Um, so like when we go through the tactical aspects of the game, we know that the midfield are going are gonna to have a tough game. That is given. Um, with with regards to you know how uh, it was clear that the Dutch were also struggling with the heat. I mean, Laureen Luring playing with the visor for me was the best. I actually had to message some of the girls to say that for me just was a good uh, laugh. But it just is also a proof of how much the heat is a factor. And um, I think that if you go into the game. In, into a game like the the Netherlands, you know, if you're wanting to give yourself any chance, you need to have a um, a plan around what they're going to do in our midfield. So yes, we can build up, but actually, do we want to play the ball into to the midfield, or do we want to skip the midfield and bring them in later? Do we want to throw aerial balls? They're very, like I said, they are always different options, um, and but we need to also, you know, let's not disregard the fact that our midfield, we're always going to have a tough game because that is standard, that is given with, with the Dutch. Um, we always talk about their Dutch strikers or whatever, but their Dutch strikers come from a platform of defenders with long passes and midfielders who play to tight together. They play give and go when they have the ball. Um, and they uh, when they don't have the ball, their objective is to create a pocket and dispossess and the minute they dispossess, they want to move the ball quickly going forward. So you know that you're in the midfield, you're going to have continuous pressure, um, whether you have the ball or whether you don't have the ball. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting dynamic because ultimately I feel like we probably picked the best approach we could have for today's game based on the squad, the performance, the, the level, the... The, the challenges of the, the previous games. And I think what was a, a nice thing was that Marizen Marie rightfully copped some of the criticism from the previous game. She she didn't have a great game. She made the two big errors that, that caused uh, the change. I mean, she played today and she was fairly solid. And it's good to see a player like that bounce back from the disappointments of, of the previous game and, and have a pretty error-free game, a pretty solid performance at the back alongside Celia Evans or Sierra Yeah, absolutely. I'd, um, Justin, just jump in when <laughs> you ask. Um, but yeah, I think that um, I'm glad that she she got the opportunity to play again because as a player, that's devastating. If, if you know that you have moments in a game that bring you nightmares. I, I think I can recall very many of those uh, moments in, in my career that you, all you want is the chance to fix it. So I'm really happy that, um, that, that she had that. And, you know, I think collectively as well, we did well to, to just um, in moments of the game, slow the game down, get everybody behind the ball and, and regroup. And, you know, it doesn't always have to be pretty. And that sometimes is, is actually the best thing is it disrupts the opposition from getting into, into some sort of, of rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So the ladies had a tough one. Um, It's not going to get much easier for them. They're next up against Germany, the European runners up on um, 
Why Friday. not, Tyron? They can go and shock the world. We did it in Athens. We also Absolutely came off the could. back of losses, and then we beat we beat Germany, and they went on to win gold. So you know, well, come Marcia, on, girls. Yeah, exactly. What, Take what the shackles you... off and and be free. I was going to say, now that the fact that you've lost three games, you're you're you pretty much know you're out of the quarterfinals. Does that allow the players that are playing almost with a handbrake on to to let go and maybe go and cause this upset? Well, it has to surely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, if 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 you've got no qualification or classification games, uh, you've got two games left of your Olympic experience. Yeah, what have you got holding you back? Yeah, and I mean, these yeah, are, uh, this is. Your last chance for something. You never know what exactly, can happen yeah. if you'll be an Olympian again or not. So go I mean, out there be, and make the most of it. We could have been it. asking this. Yeah, we could have been asking this after the after the first game, or even before yeah. the first game. Yeah, you know what's holding you back. Uh, but I think it's now going to be very very clear for a lot of the girls. Okay, quarterfinals are out of out of out of reach. We've got two games left. What are we going to do with them? And yeah. I'm sure that's going to be uh, the conversation that a lot of these players are going to be having, uh, you know, behind closed doors and with each other and, and in the group environment. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping that that's the South Africa that we do see, the unshackled, fearless, um, you know, group of players playing with a lot of charisma and a lot of fight. And, you know, uh, like Marsha said, there's nothing stopping them from coming um, and bringing a massive upset. And South Africa generally are renowned for doing that at least once in a tournament. And I'm hoping that it's the, it's the, it's the woman or, or even the guys coming up later. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Look, the, the great thing is for both the men and women is that ranking points um, are now for grabs. And because of the gap between teams, Netherlands victory today, Belgium's victory yesterday, we lost zero because the gap is more than a thousand. But one win, every team we play is higher ranked than us. One win could be a massive swing in the rankings. And, you know, could do something special in terms of bringing you closer to the top 10, which again, sponsors, opportunities, etc., arise from that. Speaking, Justin, you brought up the men. The men go tomorrow, uh, nice and early. Uh, the, the hockey nerds get to wake up. Not, well, it's the same time, I think, as today. 4.45. Oh, yeah, yeah, I get to sleep for two more hours. Um, but the guys are up against Germany. They obviously know Germany fairly well. In fact, before COVID hit, it was the last game they played uh, in South Africa, a one-all draw. Uh, I was actually commentating that, and, and it was quite fun because my commentary box was on the German bench. I literally sat <laughs> behind uh, Christopher Ruhr when he was on the bench. Awesome. Talking. And now, obviously, it's one-all, and Diane had that break, and I'm going crazy. And he turned around and he said, we're also playing. but uh yeah i mean germany at times i mean against great britain yesterday they looked very good um himself scored an absolute cracker um we saw at the european championship they're a special team at times but at times they also completely take the foot off the pedal are they another team that are going to struggle with the the pace of south africa or do you think the fact that they know South Africa a little bit better means uh, they, they, they won't be as sucker-punched by uh, our counter-attacking ways? Uh, very, very good question. I think, I think the difficult thing about playing with Germany is that you know that they're always going to be exceptionally, exceptionally well-prepared. So they, they're going to know exactly how we've played in our first three games. 
They're going to have the experience of having played against us, of course, but they're going to have watched hours and hours of video. They're going to know who our danger, danger men are at this point of the tournament. Um, and yeah, they're, they're one of those teams that you can never discount until the very last second of the game. We saw that obviously in Rio against New Zealand in the quarterfinals. So, you know, these are the types of things that, that I think we need to be aware of going into the game. Um, but with that said, I, I wouldn't change a thing about the way we're playing at the moment. I think um, I think we're playing with a lot of create creativity. I think we've got a very, very clear structure. We're not scared to keep the ball in the team, which has been something that we've struggled with previously. Um, but what we will have to be in this game, I think, is patient. I think we're going to have to wait for Germany to do their slow build-up, let them move the ball around. Don't be too eager to win the ball high, too high up in the pitch because the German defense might be a bit slow and a bit structured but their midfielders and offense are on another level. I mean, these are guys that are technically exceptional. They are super, super quick. Uh, you mentioned Chris Ruhr. I mean, yeah, give a guy half a yard of space and he's past you and he can score from anywhere. He's got a variety of scoring skills. Um, but that's one of a group of players that can literally, you know, really, really do damage. Uh, Nicholas Vellin is another player that can uh, that can score from anywhere. They've got a very dangerous corner. Um, and that's something I think we need to be exceptionally aware of um, is trying not to give away too many PCs. I think our PC defense has been, a, 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 yeah, I think probably one of our weakest points of the tournament so far. Um, I think we did exceptionally well running a good tight line against the Netherlands um, with our first waves. But, you know, we conceded against GB, we conceded against, uh, against Belgium. Um, and I think that's something that we need to be really, really focused on in this game is, you know, give our strikers the opportunity to get a few counters get the get the ball moving nice and quickly but keep the door shut at the back if we can keep the game fairly close uh, you know one maybe two goal difference at a, at a max at any at any given time i think there's a big opportunity here for us is it going to be a, a case of the casinos again <laughs> Because because I, I, won't, I won't lie I won't I won't lie I mean it was absolutely beautiful I'm, I sit on uh, some international uh, some groups uh, and and I'm sure both of you do and let's just say uh, the talk of the Kasims and and don't forget Billy and Tuli's name is following them very much uh, it's just obviously easier to talk about the brothers um, and uh, yeah the talk of the Kasims is growing in fact. Uh, you know, I had some friends over in Germany phone me and ask for their numbers because they'd like to talk to them. Um, Brilliant. I mean, yeah. I'm sure they're focused only on the Olympic Games right now. But uh, there's a verve and there's a style and there's almost a swagger in, in the attack. Yeah. Um, the defense hasn't quite lifted at the same level, but uh, it's been exciting to watch. And uh, yeah. South Africa are not out of the quarterfinals just yet. You know, a shock victory against Germany leaves that door. It won't be massively open, but it leaves the the gap slightly open before we play Canada. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll. I think I'd like to think it's going to be a case of the teams again. Um, <laughs> you know, these these are guys that geez, you talk about playing with with without fear and without uh, without restriction. I mean. I think most of the team is playing like that. And that's something I've, I've loved to see. But, you know, these are young guys that are technically incredibly gifted. I mean, some of the tricks and the handwork and the 3D skill that they've pulled out uh, in the tournament so far have been yeah, magical to watch. But these, are guys, these guys are doing it all over the pitch. They're doing it in their own 23. They're doing it higher up the field. 
um, you know, the, the, the burst by Diane yesterday, uh, you know, to take out what is it, four or five Belgian uh, players. And, you know, Belgium, I don't think, have conceded more than one or two goals in, the, in a game, as far as I can remember. Um, the, you know, the finishing was exceptional. The positioning was exceptional. And to, to give even more credit where I think, or give credit where I think even more should be placed, is that defensively they're doing a massive role. You know, they're tracking all over the pitch. They're making their meters. These guys are fit. They're fearless. Um, yeah, you know, I, again, talking about it, I get a, I'm getting goosebumps because this is stuff that I'm so proud to see. And it's something that we've we've tried to build for so long within South African hockey. And, you know, we've now got a group of guys that I think that I think can do it for the next eight years, nine years, 10 years, maybe even longer. Um, and that's not only speaking about the two brothers, but I think the, the, the squad the, the, the squad is uh, at large. Um you know, and I think we, we're also kind of overlooking the strength of our midfield a little bit. Uh, you know, obviously you're going to focus very, very much on the guys scoring the goals and the guys at the back that are maybe being put under pressure. But I've been really, really impressed by, by Peebo Lambert playing in the midfield. Um, uh, Nick Spooner and Tane Payton have been really doing a very, very good job of holding the midfield. And Nick, again, I think, uh, you know, for a, for a guy that hasn't been given many opportunities and probably should have been given opportunities a long time ago, he's looking like a, like a seasoned veteran uh, in the midfield. And again, that comes from, from years of playing in Germany and, you know, little things, his technical passing. I mean, the way he strikes the ball, he's hitting passes, which, you know, when was the last time you saw somebody hitting the ball across uh, 50, 60 yards? It's fantastic. And, you know? and also a, hitting and not slapping. And yeah, that's yeah, exactly the point, you know. It's, yeah. um, you know, these are the types of things that I think have, have really, really kind of lit up the tournament to a, to a certain degree. And I think people are enjoying watching us play. Yeah, we conceded mm-hmm. nine against Belgium, but we also scored. And the four that we scored, okay, maybe three of the four that we scored, were, were exceptional goals. And even the build-up to the one that, um, that Billy scored, again, was a fantastic bit of skill and a fantastic break. So... Um, you know, we'll be very, very disappointed by the loss against the Netherlands. I think that's, uh, you know, Diane, I think in particular will be disappointed with his miss, um, you know, to put us 4-3 up and put us in a very, very strong position to win that game. But again, what a, what a fantastic learning curve for these guys. You know, they had the opportunity against one of the best teams in the world and, and, and look how they came out and played the next day against the, against the reigning world champions. Um, you know, I, I, I'm so excited to watch this game against Germany. Yeah, I like that you mentioned the midfield and the and the defense, Justin. Because when we look at the the goals, I, what I love most about um, about the the breakaway one um, from Dan is the one that because you see Tain at first they they defending Tain is tracking yeah. back his player, um, Tyson dispossesses, yeah. and then Tyson makes the pass. So it actually starts in our circle with yeah. with patient. Defense, which yes. is um, a point that you mentioned that is going to be important for the German game. So you see the the points that you you mentioned. You actually see us having executed executed yeah. it in the previous games, and it actually brings the results. So now we just have to probably break it into quarters and and play it almost as if it was we were playing tennis, and yeah. go okay. Each quarter is almost a set, and we're going to focus just on this one one at a time yeah. this quarter we're going to keep them out of our of our circle for as long as possible and yeah. when we get the ball we know we can do something on the on the counter let's do it yeah 100 percent. yeah well if anyone can do it so far it does show that it could be the SA men and if they do it it's no doubt that the Kasims are probably going to be part of the starring show but it is a great team effort as this was 
talking Tokyo. Great team effort. Marsha, Justin, and of course, Polo, who's uh, already gone off to do some more uh, media work. Uh, she is in demand right now. Uh, thank you very much. Just good luck with Daddy Daycare. Thank you kindly. And the normal job. Uh, Marsh, enjoy the rest of your siesta on the beach. I'm not. I'm, I'm back uh, to reality, Tyrus. I know. I, just, I, like, I like to pretend that working. we can live vicariously through you because, uh, yes, getting out of bed this morning, it is so cold in South Africa right now. Getting out of bed was not fun. But the other, mm. the other morning, I tried to stay in bed and I was trying to watch the Blitzbocker. We won't talk more about them, but I was trying to watch no, them. No, we'll go further. Um, and because it was so warm in bed, I fell asleep again. So I was like, no, no, for the hockey, i got to get out of bed. I got out, got set, and then when the game was over, the adrenaline was pumping. So I was just like, okay, well, guess I'm starting my day now. <laughs> I am now quite tired, so uh, I might have, have to go nap. have a siesta yeah. uh, after the, the, the meeting. But I just don't know who from my day job is listening, so it'll only be at 5 o'clock. Um, (laughs) but yeah this is a lot of waffle to say thanks very much for joining (laughs) we'll chat to you guys again hopefully after some big results in the next few days as uh, South Africa look to shock the world although in truth it won't be that much of a shock thanks uh, for joining thanks for listening and we will see you all soon i.e. tomorrow thanks Thanks. bye